Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. We're live on 96.6 Froom FM and our very first guest onto the show is former FIFA and Premier League referee Mark Halsey. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks James. Yourself? I'm doing very well indeed. Um, we're highly honoured to have you onto our show and I know a lot of our listeners will be really interested to see exactly what it's like from a referee's point of view in our beautiful game that we all know and love. Um, well, first of all, we've got a few questions to ask you that, that we've got prepared, um, and I'll immediately hand it over to James. So, uh, nice to meet you, Mark, firstly. And you, my friend. Um, so, 1999, you made your debut in the Premier League. I'm going back away now, obviously. Oh, I thought you were going to mention the uh, playoff final at Wembley. <laughs> I, I did. I, I was aware that you were in that one. The uh, 98, was it 97, 98? No, 99, 99, Man City, 99, Gillingham. Yeah, Man City, yeah. Gillingham. First, first appearance at Wembley. Paul Dick off the, so you've actually refereed a cup final at the old and new Wembley then? I've been, uh, yeah, I've refereed there and the new Wembley, yeah. 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 And there probably aren't many that have done that, so fair play to you. Um, sorry to skip that out, it was probably a proud moment for yourself. Um, 1999 season, you get up into the Premier League, massive achievement, obviously yeah. you must have been very proud of that. First game, Coventry and Wimbledon. Wimbledon, one all. Where was was that Selhurst Park? At a Selhurst Park. I think Wimbledon went one nil up and then Coventry, did I give a penalty to Coventry later on in the game, I think, if I remember correctly. So that would have been proper with that sort of the, the dying embers of the crazy gang? Yes, it, well, yeah, it would have, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a great, you know, great day for me on that, obviously, occasion, obviously, you know, coming up through the ladders, it didn't take me that long. I think it was about six or was it? I uh, started refereeing in 1988, 89. I gave up playing. I played semi-professional football for many years as a goalkeeper. So 
Always right. in the goalkeepers' union, always protecting yeah, yeah. goalkeepers when I refereed, <laughs> I suppose. But um, no, yeah, it was a, listen, it was a great, great achievement. I love my days as a as a player, being in the dressing room with loads of with, with players. I, I struggled early on in my career, refereeing career because obviously being in the dressing room on your own, it's not like uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and a load of uh, pals in there with you. Um, Do you have like uh, um, when you're in the dressing? Obviously, it's you, the fourth official, and the, and the two the two assistant referees. Yeah, yeah, Do you have any yeah. banter? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, as I was getting on, I said obviously, you know, as I moved up the ladder and I started getting, um, you know, into a changing with with four four others. Um, obviously, when, when you're coming up and you're an assistant and you're a fourth official, you know, the, the referee's the boss, so you have to be careful what you you know what you say and when you when you're chirping and when you say something because you're not sure. Because some of them were a little bit, um, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, to themselves, and if they didn't like you, they'd report you to the back to the, you know, the uh, whoever you know respected um, management of the leagues or wherever. So you have to be a bit careful when you're the boss, and when I stepped up, you know, when I was the referee, then you know, I always had my music on in the dressing room to yeah, cheer yeah. us up. Always had a, a good laugh and a joke, great banter. But when that bell went at eight minutes to eight minutes to three, or you know, seven uh, seven forty or whenever it was an evening game, then you know you, you got into gear and you, the serious hat was on and out we you know, go out to do battles. But uh, yeah, listen, I had, you know many 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 great memories, many great times, made many great friends from different clubs because obviously you know people say, oh, you know you, you're not there to make friends, but when you're refereeing in the Premier League as long as I did or in the Leeds as long as I did, you see the same old faces, you know. Week in, week out, month in, you know, you're refereeing them teams many, many times in the season. So, but yeah, I had some, I had some got some fantastic memories, some great friends, and um, and you know, I've really very enjoyed my time as a referee from Sunday morning park level in the Wen Hatfield Sun League all the way up to you know the Premier League and international stage. Now, Mark, you've got um, a real reputation of being a strong referee a referee that the fans have actually taken to. Now, there's referees that fans will never take to, but there is referees that they do, and they have taken to you. Um, doing a lot of the research in this anyway, that's become so apparent. Um, kudos to you for that. What I will say is you you took control of uh, an infamous match involving Dion Dublin and Robbie Savage. You probably are already aware of the incident that uh, that, that took place there. What I'm saying is that's a hostile crowd and a hostile environment. Yeah. yeah. Were you ever felt under pressure to make a particular decision due to a hostile crowd? Oh, I can't tell you what was going through my head when Dion did headbutt him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean that was that was a ma- I mean that was a massive game for me, a big big um, West Midlands derby. You know the, the crowd. At Villa Park, a full house, and you know it's like a second second city derby, isn't it? I think. Um, mm. But no, I, I listen. Once you, you know, you, oh, I was always nervous before a game. We all are. You know, if you wasn't nervous, then you wouldn't you wouldn't be the person to do that game. Um, but you know, once you come you come out of that dressing room, you cross that white line. All the players know you. You know, it's about you know the players getting to know the referee and the referee getting to know them players and. Once I crossed that white line, players knew what they were going to get from me. And it's all about, you know, I think it helped me playing the game. You don't mean to say it's always going to make 
you know, ex-players are going to make good referees, but it's about knowing the game. It's not always about knowing the laws of the game. You know, people, you know, referees know the laws of the game, but they sometimes don't know the game itself. And I think today we're seeing so many referees think they're so aggressive with the players. You don't see them smiling, you don't see them relaxing, and you don't see them showing empathy for the game. For me, you know, you've got to show that little bit of empathy for the game and for the players. And and I think I think some referees, they will, I mean, don't get me wrong, we've got some good referees out there. And I think you get some referees just walk out onto that field of play demanding respect straight away. And, it, and that's not the case. That comes with correct decision-making. And that comes with picking up the little things that are going on around you, the awareness of what's going on around you. You know, nippy things mm. in the bud, getting all the little niggles out of the way, picking them up and telling the players, playing advantage, telling the player you're playing wise when you've seen him, you go back and talk to the player that's mm. just committed, committed that little challenge, you know. But so for me, you know, as a referee, I, I always like to laugh and joke with players, smile with the players, you know, but stamp my authority on the game when I had to. And, and that's where you get the respect from the players. When you, you know, the players know how far they can take you. And they knew they, you know, I was a players' referee. I always let, I, I always gave the players a chance. Always gave them a chance. And you know, we're seeing today that we're seeing nearly every challenge. You're getting a yellow card out. Yeah, and it's you um, don't it, you don't need to do that. And you can in today's game, you can manage situations. And we're not seeing that. And that comes from the leadership and the direction of the PGMOL. And we're not, we're not, we're not seeing that. We're not. We're not seeing players using step, step. You know, sorry, the referees using the stepped approach with with the players. You know, pull them out, give them a final, final rebuke, bring the captain across. You know, we're seeing so many players sent off second yellow cards for. I mean, a couple. I mean, Mike Dean is a really good referee, but I think it was Martinho for Wolves against Aston Villa. You know, that second yellow card. It was never a yellow card. Never. The, um, yeah. the one as never well. Never a yellow uh, card. Um, for me, Mark, uh, I'm a Tottenham fan. So the the, the, the Matt Doherty one on last was, Saturday, was gonna, was it was the 90, 93rd minute. You're 3-0 up. That it, it, it wasn't but, really a yellow card. No. And certainly not, it, you know, for a second. No, it's just it, no point. It, it was a challenge that could have been managed. Okay? Yeah. That stage of the game, yeah. it wasn't... Now, listen, a careless challenge is a free kick, nothing else. A reckless challenge is a free kick and a yellow card. A challenge that endangers the player's safety with excessive force and brutality is a red card. Now, that Doggerty challenge, for me, was... It was a fraction late. A fraction yeah. late. So, it could border on careless. And he could have... He could have... Just... Calling across, say, listen, that's it, no more. A minute to minute ago, minute ago, then you know, calm yourself down. But they, you don't see him doing that. Now, listen, yeah. if that was a challenge that endangered the player's safety with excessive force, whether it was the, the first minute or the 95th minute, you cannot manage them. It's the same with violent conduct, you cannot manage them, and you have, yeah. to, you have to go, you have to send the player off. But on those two situations that we're just speaking about, they were never yellow cards, never, never. Mm. And that and that's the thing to today. Why I say we're, we're seeing far too many yellow cards for for, for nothing. You know, for mm. you've seen yeah. that the referees yellow card, yellow card, yellow card, yellow card. That's not what it's about. That's not what it's about. No, I I almost think there's a bit of a um, like a feeling with with referees at times. Where, you know, in games when games get a little bit stretched or um, and then something something will happen and they think right. You know, it's getting a little bit frantic or everything. I'll break the game up, yellow card. There's almost like you you can almost tell when there's going to be a yellow card. Wait, um, 
So you don't need so you don't need to manage a game with yellow cards all the time. When the yeah. tempo goes up, when the tempo goes up, and you know when the tempo goes up, you know the, the tempo goes up again, the tackles start flying. As a referee, you just slow the game down a bit. You blow your whistle, mm. you don't let that quick free kick go. You slow the tempo down and that brings everybody else down. Yeah. But we're not we don't see that today. We don't see tempo management, game management anymore. It's just, well that's what you were saying. It's Mark. Just blow your yeah, whistle, that's what you're saying. Card. You, you were saying that um, obviously it's an emotional aspect of uh, emotionally attachment to the players. And that's exactly what you were doing there by obviously slowing the go down, not, not by winding the players up even more. No. If I was a player, the game's going quick. You, yes, you've been a bit late on a challenge and you want to slow the game down. If you're going to book me, my mental aspect of that is I'm, that's going to wind me up even more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as far I mean, as I'm concerned, and it's, you know, and, it's yeah. the way, and it's the way you talk with the players. Listen, it goes on. I mean... Players use shot floor language. Don't mean necessarily it's at you, and it's it's a fair and it's abusive. It's it's shot floor language. You go any any if you go any workplace on the shot floor, you use you use shot floor language, and yeah. that's what's used on the football. I mean, I, listen, hands up. I used to use it all the time. I used to use it all the time with players, and and they loved it, and I got their respect because yeah. they knew what they were mm. going to get from me. Someone told me to you know off. I would say, hey, you 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 get off, you know. That's 50-50, yeah. isn't it? That's right. And, 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 and you have that, you know, you have that report. Oh, yeah, I'll go past you. Don't have a go at me again after you let past you, mate, or that, that shot you put over the bar. Don't have yeah. a go at me next time. Or well, the, um, there was the one last me, season. You know, they say to me, oh, don't talk to me. Okay, fine. Okay, I won't talk to you anymore. There was you know, the one last lost, season with, um, it was Dan Gosling of Bournemouth, and the referee didn't even make a comment about them being in a relegation battle. Um, I, can't, I don't know which referee it was. Yeah, I remember. I remember, I remember and and there, was a, there was a complaint made. Yeah, was that... Um, I can't remember what that was. I know there was one at, was at Southampton, I think it was involving Mark Clattenburg, but I'm not sure that one was... What, Possibly. What, what, it, was, it, was, um, it was definitely Dan Gosling last season at Bournemouth and, the, and he was booked or something or... Um, and the referee made a comment to him or he made a comment about a decision and the referee allegedly said to him, well... No, uh, you know that's the least of your worries because you're in a relegation battle. And yeah, he listen, uh, yeah. he'd made a complaint. He made a complaint. I remember it. Yeah, I remember it. And you, you, you don't come out with things like that. No, I mean no, you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't come out. You, you know, you, you got to use a be a little, a little bit sensible. You don't. You don't come out and say things like. But as I say, it's all about the rapport, and you know we're all we're all one big family. And the problem is, I think it's getting further and further and further apart with, you know, with. Um, Players, managers. I mean, you know, Nuno got was it fine twenty five thousand. You know, it's correct. It, yes. You know, listen, I don't condone, you know, what he done. But if you're gonna, I mean, I, I didn't have I didn't have many occasions where managers were kicking me door down or knocking me door down. But when when there was, you know, you know, listen, I made mistakes when I refereed, but not mm -hmm. on the level that we're seeing week in week out now. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And. We'll see, I mean, every week, every every game, now we're talking about VAR and referees. I mean, well, that, that brings us on. Um... That is not what it's about. And and for me, you know, with, with the Lee Mason situation, what Nuno should have done was, you, you don't, you, listen, when you when you make that, that way for a referee, out on the field play, the cameras are straight on you, straight on you. So you, you know what he's going to do. They've got to reframe themselves because... You know, they've got to set an example to everybody else. Everybody is watching him, the children, everybody's watching him. So that everyone will think that's okay. But what you have to do is just go down the tunnel, wait for the referee to get in his dressing room, knock on the door, and go in and speak to, to yeah. the referee. 
I mean, I, I had, I've had a few conversations in my in, in my dressing room. Now I can't repeat the language that was used, but you know, we you know we what went on in my dressing room stayed in my dressing room. Yeah. And and then we all go out, and then you know, everyone's everyone's happy. You know, we may agree to disagree, but what goes on in that four in them four walls stays in there. And that's what and that's what now. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. So we've got one more question each from myself and James, uh, and then we'll go straight into some of our listeners' questions. Um, one of the questions that I've got for you, um, the three-letter question, I'll leave that to James, which you get on every radio show and probably get asked on every single time you're involved in any media work. Um, he's very quick to talk about that than me. What I will say to you is this. Can you give us any funny stories from the game that have always just sticked in your mind? Oh, funny stories. Um, oh, I, mean, I always, I always remember. Um, oh, I've, I've had a few. I'm, I know I've had. Uh, I remember giving a penalty to uh, Neil Warnock. Well, it was Legion. It was um, Sheffield United and Reading at uh, Bramble Lane. Uh, I think they were both going for promotion, um, and. Sheffield United were winning 1-0 in the 92nd minute. Paddy Kenny come out, took the Reading forward down, <laughs> give the penalty. Um, and Paddy didn't argue. And all of a sudden, I've turned around. Neil Warnock is running down the touchline, ranting and raving. So I've turned around, gone to walk back, and he's done a U-turn and sprinted back to his dugout straight down the tunnel. And then <laughs> didn't see him again. And he knocked on my door after the game, knock on the door. Uh, Mark, can I come in? He said, no, you, no, you're not coming in. You're coming to have a go at me. You're not coming in. And he said, no, Mark, I just want to come and tell you I thought you had a very good game, but did you send me off? I said, no, you ran down the tunnel yourself, Neil. And so, you know, yeah. so yeah. And, and I always remember my first, first ever game on the Football League at Brighton, was at Brighton, Brighton, Chester. And um, my first ever game, and obviously they were all they were playing at the Goldstone then, and there was the crowds weren't happy with the new the, the chairman at the time. And as I blew the whistle for the captains to come, I turned around and there was, there was a naked person standing right next to me, just got the ball and just larrips it out of the stand. So, hook uh, <laughs> <laughs> him. And it was, it, it was, it was, it was, it was a mouth. <laughs> oh, I'd be a bit happy if it was a female, I suppose. Well, yeah, absolutely. Well, we all would have been, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't have booked him. I'd have said, "Here's number eleven. This is and off you go." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was, it was it was funny. You know, my first ever game. So, but uh, I mean, that's yeah, brilliant. Hundreds of stories, obviously, that uh, that went on and um, of uh, different things. And you know, I always remember um, refereeing a game, the final, the final. It was Tottenham actually, Tottenham and Tottenham Chelsea. Yeah, two thousand eight. That's it at Wembley, and I always remember. Um, uh, Referee in the game, and um, Jose rang me up after the game in the, in the bus, and the lads couldn't believe it. He said, oh, I thought you refereed really well, Mark. Well done. He wasn't involved in the game in, in, in England at the time, so that, that, that was nice. That was a nice touch. Who was the Mourinho's bad manager got that Chelsea, element then? of class about him. He has, yeah, yeah. It's who good who to was see in the Chelsea well manager then? Because I assumed it was Mourinho. No, 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 no. He was, he was, he was. He got sacked, didn't he? Um, I think was it Adam Grant? Could have been. Yeah, I'm sure it, it might have been Adam Grant at the time. Then I think. Not sure. Can't remember. No, I can't remember. No, I can't remember that. But it's, it's definitely one. It's, it's definitely one day Ramos. It's good to. I, I'm, I can't remember, but it's good to see him back doing well at, at Tottenham. To be fair. 
Yeah, I'm very pleased with him, to be fair. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea and the football's no, not but, what I mean, we had press, under Pochettino, but... The press had yeah. written him off, hadn't they? The press had written yeah. him off and it's good to see him bounce back and doing well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, if we move on to the, the, the dreaded three-letter word, Mark. Um, keep it fairly simple. What's the biggest problem with VAR? Well, up to, up to, to date, the biggest problem with VAR is... The inconsistency of, of VR and it's not in, being implemented correctly, in my opinion. What we're seeing is, you know, VR was there for a clear and obvious error, yeah. a serious incident missed, and Absolutely. we're not seeing that. We're, see, we're seeing we're seeing VR get involved where they should be getting involved. You know, they're getting involved where they should be getting involved, where it's not a clear and obvious error. You know, we're seeing penalties given, and then. Overturned by VR when they shouldn't have been overturned, and I think I think everybody's just confused to what what is a foul, what is a penalty, what is handball, and 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 that's because it's the training education, as I said, as I touched on it earlier before, the leadership and direction from the the management that are in charge of of the VAR, the PGMOL. Yeah, I mean the one thing I think about the VAR is you're seeing penalties now given for things, which uh, obviously I, I played the game, I play at a county level even now. Um, and there's things which you see and you, when it happens and when they, they slow it down to within an inch of its life, and yeah, there might be the tiniest bit of contact, but you know if you've played the game, that's not a foul. Yeah. yeah. You also, yeah. you know that by the absolute letter of the law, it will be given as a foul. But, I mean, listen, I, mean, I think you, you look at it and you think, you know, is, are referees to blame? Because you see so many fouls in the penalty area where the player stays on his feet and goes on and gets a shot off and the referee won't give a, 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 a penalty because of a credibility issue, because he's not gone down, he's carried on. Yeah, um, so yeah. advantage. I think, and and, and you, look at, you look at it now and you, you say... For the slightest contacts, they're going to go down. And to be honest, you, you you can't blame them. I mean, we've seen penalties recently. You look at the 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 Man United, the Man United. Uh, oh, oh, Mark, you took the words out of my mouth. Man United and penalties at the moment seem to go hand in hand, like a like a, a wedding in well, holy matrimony. I mean, you, you see the one, you see the one against against Villa, and you think, now listen, mm. there, there's a little bit of contact, and then he, he causes Pogba to to catch his own his own legs in that situation. Now had had Michael not given a penalty there, then I believe VR wouldn't have got involved. It's not a clear and obvious error. I mean, we see yeah. we see the one at, at um, West Bromwich at Man United, West Bromwich Albion on, on uh, I think it was Gallagher. Now, you know, referee's given a penalty, correctly so in my view, and you, you look at it and you think, why has VAR recommended a review? Because it's a penalty. Yeah. So then when when he goes when he goes over to that that that's monitor what's being said obviously he's being told that he's missed a penalty now it's down to the referee now there's pressure on him when he goes over to that that monitor now i think it's vitally important because the fans are just as important as anybody else we need yeah. to hear the conversation between stockley park and the referee Vice oh that'd be brilliant we need yeah. to know what's going on so everybody can hear what's going on everybody can be educated to yeah. what how they got to that decision Totally agree. Totally agree with that, Mark. That's 100% agree with that. Because, like you say, it will educate people. Because the average man on the street that watches football doesn't 
necessarily know the rules fully. Laws. Sorry, the laws. Yellow card, ne- James. Yellow card, laws. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't necessarily understand the laws. I mean, I've, I've had yellow, so many yellow cards in my life, Mark, but now I can say I've had one from at least a My brother's manager at Ware Football Club and he rings right. up every week when they play about referees. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually sent off in the last game that I played. So uh, oh for two yellows, I made two, two tackles all game and then I got two yellows and sent off. Uh, but, um, you know, like I said, they don't necessarily know the laws. I don't even probably know the laws and I've played football for 25 years. Like, yeah. um, so it would be good to be educated in that way. The referees, they never come out and speak to the press. I mean, okay. I don't necessarily disagree with that because I wouldn't want to, if I was a I'll referee. I'll have to hold you there. That's one of the, that's one of the questions from one of our oh, listeners sorry. that will uh, be coming up. Yeah. I'll tell you <laughs> about, it, but I, I mean, it's interesting because I know on the MLS, I think uh, it's fact that uh, in the MLS they have, I think, one review every three games. And I mean, in the in the EPL, we see every game, aren't we? <laughs> every every game. But what they're allowed one VAR review? No, that's what that's what it averages out at one VAR. Oh, okay. Per yeah, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I understand also they put the conversation out on their on the MLS Twitter feed, right. okay, so you good. can hear what the conversation yeah, yeah. is going on. Well, we speak to um, DC United's feeder team, uh, FC Loundon. Uh, their manager, Ryan Martin, is a friend of ours and on the podcast. So that's a really good question that we can put to him because he plays in the USL, which, as you know, is the league underneath the MLS. It, yeah, so, so yeah, I, yeah. yeah, so we, we speak regularly with, 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 uh, with Ryan and we'll, we'll put that question to him. Um, what we're going to do now is obviously um, just flip over to three or four questions from some of our most loyal listeners. And we've obviously promised them that we would ask someone of your esteemed capability to answer some of them. So the first one, uh, yeah, through our Facebook uh, page is from a Mr. Stephen Jenkins. Um, he asked this question, why do they still allow foul and abusive language in elite football? You can hear it even more now without crowds. It's one of the laws of the game, but referees seem to ignore it. No, it, what it, it it's now insulting, insulting um, language. Um, okay. So it, it, it's it's what that referee, it's what that individual referee deems as insulting to him. So yes, you do hear um, shop floor language, but it all depends. It's not always directed at the referee. So and then you know, listen, you've got to referee at that level. You have to um, accept. Um, some sort of shop floor language, but it's the way it's it's, it's said. So it's, it, it becomes insulting, insulting and abusive language. So it, it all depends if it, if it's directed at me. If a referee, if a player come up to him, you know, you can imagine. Well, James would know because he's most probably done it himself a few times yeah. to a referee but, all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, listen, it's insulting and abusive language. So it all depends how it's directed at the referee and the way it's said and in the manner it's said. So, yeah, listen, you, you, if a player come up to me and went, you know, do, 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 you're this mm. and that, and then it's totally mm-hmm. different. But if it's in with a figure of speech and they use that sort of language, then you sort of just, sometimes a, a yellow card is enough to, to um, you know, to, for, for dissent. But um, it's, it, it, I know it's, it's difficult and it's hard for guys on the park, you know, referees on the park level, but... Yeah, it's totally different when you, you, you when you go up through those leagues. You, you you do referee differently to what you do park level. Yeah, 
Um, this next question is from Duncan Penellum. Um, if you were referee in a game today and VAR overturned a decision that you made, would you feel undermined? No, listen, uh, so there's, there's been some occasions where when I refereed, I wish VAR was in operation. Um, but I, I, I want to see, I know we see it the other day, um, I can't remember what game it was, uh, Anthony Taylor, Craig Pawson was the VAR and he overturned um, a decision a couple of, a couple of about last, last weekend, I think it was. It was Anthony Taylor and, and I know it was um, Craig Pawson was VAR on a, on a penalty, penalty situation. I think it was a Southampton, I think it was a... Uh, have been a Southampton game. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember anyway. But you know, Craig Pawson got involved and recommended a review where he should never have done. Never have done. It wasn't a clear and obvious error. And it was great to see that Anthony Taylor went across, looked at it, and stuck with his his original decision. That's what yeah, I want that to was see more of. Uh, yeah, that that's what I want to see. I want to see referees, you know, being you know having being mentally tough, mentally strong. If they don't agree with what the VARs showing them and they don't agree that it's, it's a penalty, then stick with your original decision. Everybody, Some people may not accept it, but everybody would respect it because he's the on-field referee has made that decision. And that's what, it's, that's, that's what the protocol is there for. You know, Law 5 and the IFAB protocol, the on-field referee must make that final decision. So yeah. uh, hopefully, I think in the last, in the, I think because, I mean, I've been very vocal on this in, in my newspaper column about, you know, referees, being mentally strong and, and sticking with the original decision and VR getting involved where they shouldn't be getting involved um, because it wasn't a clear and obvious error. And I think this weekend, I think it's gone. I think perhaps we've seen them perhaps go the other, you know, not, not getting involved. So I think that, you know, us in the media are sort of, they're listening to what we're saying. Well, that's good. Um, I've got a really good question here from Simon Marshall, who is an Arsenal fan. Um, would you have liked to speak to the media after a game to explain why you or other referees, even now, come to decisions that they make? I think, um, listen, I, I think not in, in this day and age, I think it's, it's, it, it's, it's difficult for referees to come out and speak to the media. I think um if they stayed specifically on that one instant and not look at an instant that was three weeks ago when a referee um gave a different decision it's all about that 90 minutes and that decision in in what he was made his decision making in that 90 minutes i think i think what should happen i think because every premier league game there's a delegate that's appointed yes. by the premier, premier league to yeah look yeah, at the yeah okay. performance um yeah the, yeah the, there's no assessors anymore they they have an evaluation system where an, uh, an ex-referee looks at the DVD and marks them on, did they get it right or did they get it wrong every decision? And then you have a delegate that goes on behalf of the Premier League that looks at their decision-making, their fitness and their key match um, instance and, and the man management techniques. So I think, you know, if there's any controversial moments during that game, then the delegate does go straight into the gesture and speak with the referee. I think then they should they should you know, talk to each other, ask him about a certain incident if it went on, and then they go back out, speak to the media and say, well, the referee done this because. So, you know, the, ref the, the, delegates, the delegates out there talking to the media on behalf of the referee. Yeah, I think that's a, think that's a really be, good idea. Yeah. Um, well, you're full of good ideas and there's mm. a reason why the fans have taken to you. It's quite evident.
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.